Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, This scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This week in confirmation class, we spent some time thinking and talking about how we approach and read scripture. Now, we happen to be reading the first and second chapters of Genesis, the creation stories, but the same questions could be asked when we read any passage of Scripture. What do we do when two Scripture passages seem to disagree with each other? Do we have to read Scripture as scientifically and historically accurate? Can Scripture be true, even if it's not a science or history textbook. See, confirmation is hard work. We're having important conversations in there. And here's what we came up with, how we should approach and read scripture. We read scripture faithfully and prayerfully. We read scripture in the context of our faith community so we can discern God's word together. We read scripture knowing that it reveals a deeper truth. We read scripture asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the character of God, our relationship to God, and God's desire for our life of faith. And we also talked about how we can and should return to Scripture again and again because Scripture is the living Word. And the same passage read at different points in our lives will speak to us differently each time. So even if you've read the entire Bible, we're never done reading Scripture It continues to guide us and form our lives of faith. It continues to reveal who we are and who God is. 
So as I read today's gospel lesson, with this conversation from confirmation still fresh in my mind, I was struck by how Jesus approaches the scripture reading. How is Jesus reading scripture? Well, Jesus is filled with the Spirit, surrounded by a community of faith, reading a scripture passage that's familiar to him, to the people who are gathered. And yet something about this moment in time with Jesus reading this passage and the Holy Spirit at work, this time the scripture reading feels different. Even though the people listening have heard this many times before, this time it takes on a whole new meaning, a whole new truth. We know this moment is important because the pace of the gospel narrative deliberately slows down to draw attention to it. After saying Jesus is traveling to many synagogues to teach and is praised by everyone, not telling us any of those scripture passages or teachings, the gospel writer now takes the time to describe what happens when Jesus preaches in his home synagogue. Building suspense, drawing out each step, Luke writes that Jesus is handed the scroll of Isaiah, that he unrolls the scroll, then finds the passage and starts. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he stops, which might not seem like a huge deal, but Jesus stops mid-sentence. The prophet Isaiah concludes with the words, and the day of the Lord's vengeance. But Jesus chooses to stop reading after proclaiming that this is the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus hands the scroll back, assumes the position of a teacher sitting down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue are fixed on him. And he says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. A one-sentence teaching, but a bold proclamation. Words that were true as Isaiah spoke them are true again as Jesus speaks them. Prophets most often speak of the future, a time that's anticipated, something to motivate people to change or sometimes to bring comfort to people who are hurting. But Jesus says that this message is being fulfilled today. This passage of scripture is all of Luke's gospel in a nutshell. It's the mission statement of Jesus' ministry. As we read the rest of the gospel of Luke this year, we could keep coming back to this moment 
and see how Jesus is doing exactly what he read from Isaiah, sharing good news, healing, and liberating. It's like the year of Jubilee, a time when debt is forgiven and all is set right, and it's done out of love. God's love for humanity, not vengeance, not to punish an enemy, simply out of love. This passage from the Gospel of Luke was read at my seminary graduation, and it was also the text read at my ordination. It's a popular text for those starting out in ministry because it has that word anointed in it, which brings up images of being marked by God and called to a task. It's also a popular text for new pastors because it so clearly and succinctly reminds us of what we are really being called to do as ministers. Share the good news. Heal. Liberate. And there's a third reason it's a popular text for the newly ordained crowd, which has to do with the crowd's reaction. And maybe things didn't go over so well. However, the reaction is part of what we read next week, so we won't get ahead of ourselves. We'll leave that for Pastor Josh. (laughs) But this passage, while popular among ordained ministers, isn't just for pastors. It's for all people of God, all followers of Jesus, all ministers of Christ's love. We are to bring the good news. Now, I don't know how closely you read your bulletin each week. You should read it very closely, but I do understand that you're busy people. But there's a place where the different positions of Emmanuel are listed. Claire, our music director. Jen, our parish administrator. Ruth, Christine, Don, us, pastors. But listed first is ministers. And there next to ministers, it says, the people of Emmanuel. That's all of us. People sometimes worry about the church. Now, I'm talking big C church here, not our congregation, but the big picture. Especially over the past two years, this pandemic. People wonder if many congregations are sustainable, if smaller buildings and part-time staff are the way of the future, if spaces for communal worship and communities of faith are no longer useful or needed or wanted in the world today. But I think back to these words written in Isaiah, given new life by Jesus that there is a mission that we are being called to, bringing good news to the poor, release to the prisoner, healing to those who are hurting, and freedom to the oppressed, not to proclaim the Lord's vengeance, but to proclaim the Lord's favor. And there's still work to be done. So we're not out of a job yet. The church has gone through many transformations through history. 
but it's still here and the mission is still the same. And whenever we start to worry about the church, instead of being concerned about how big the church is, if it's growing or shrinking, if it's strong enough or influential enough, we should return to this passage again and again and let it speak to us once more. Are we still following Jesus? Are we still on a mission? How do we see God at work? Where is the Holy Spirit leading us next? Then we'll realize that when we provide food for the food pantry or the John Street soup kitchen, when we welcome the Knorr family, or the youth gathers on a very cold Saturday for an outdoor service project, or we make and distribute homeless kits, or when we gather throughout the week just to read scripture together and pray together, we'll realize that today the scripture is being fulfilled. We have good news to share, and the Holy Spirit is with us. There are people in need, our neighbors, God's children, and we have power given to us by the Holy Spirit to help, to feed, to teach, to heal, to do God's work just as Jesus did. And when we find that we are poor or broken or captive, We know that we have a God who loves us, who is with us, who is at work in the world, who is working in and through the people around us to care for us. Ministers of Emmanuel, today the word is being fulfilled in your hearing. Today, in our own reading of the scriptures, we are reminded that Jesus is fulfilling these promises. Today, the Holy Spirit is alive and active. Today, we are witnessing the powerful love of God and bearing witness to that love. Today, this very day. Amen.